Welcome to Books and Sound. I'm your host, Don Beavers, and this episode contains a digitally remastered theatrical presentation of one of the great works of literature. Please remember to subscribe so that you can enjoy new episodes as they are released. This podcast is provided free and offered without commercial interruption. If you enjoy the episode, please leave us a positive review so that we can grow the podcast. Enjoy. This is the NBC University Theater, presenting the ninth in our series of radio plays based on outstanding works by modern American and British authors. Today, the Ernest Hemingway story, The Short Happy Life of Francis McComber, starring Preston Foster as McComber. Nairobi is a small African town, but it straddles the railroad junction, and the brown waters of a river cut through the valley. The red, white, and blue of the British Jack droops from the tall staff of the government house, for Nairobi is the capital of the Kenya colony. And the British administrators can be seen sweating over long reports of taxes and imports as the lazy-turning fans move the scorching air from one part of the room to the other. The European houses perch up on the hills under carefully nurtured trees, the verandas open to the prevailing winds, and the hum of refrigerating units is heard in the richer quarter. But down in the town, in the white dazzling oven of the marketplace, the 30,000 folk of Nairobi buy and sell and live. Tall tribesmen, black and glistening, in from the plains and the short bush, stand gazing at the white buildings and at the red-faced Europeans who hug the thin line of shade around the square. The marketplace swarms, like the tall clay castles the white ants build on the African plains. Arab traders, white-robed and bearded, haggle with the tribesmen and with the starched and pressed servants of the European households. The native driver of the big open car leaned heavily on his horn, but the crowd spilled out into the street and the car only inched forward. In the back seat, Francis McComber leaned back, trying to spread the shadow from his broad-brimmed Stetson hat over his entire body, while his wife, brittle, beautiful, and extremely irritated, turned to him sharply. For heaven's sake, Francis, must he blow that horn? My head's splitting. Nothing I can do, Margot. We just can't get through. Why can't they do anything? Why can't they clear the streets? <laughs> Francis, if you don't have him stop that horn, I'll, I'll... Here, here, boy. Stop the horn here. The horn. Yes, sir. Uh, the horn. No, no, no. Stop it. Stop. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. There, it's clear now. Go on. I'm hot. I said I'm hot. I realize that. It's generally hot in Africa. That's one of the peculiarities of the African climate, heat. I'm not up to your patter today, Francis, please. Why didn't you stay at the hotel? I'm only going to hire the white hunter for the trip. It's hot there, too. Besides, I wanted to see you hiring a safari. I've never seen anybody hire a safari before. Are you starting again? I've seen you go off duck hunting and motorcycling and sailboating and tennis and squash rackets. Margot. But I wouldn't miss the big game hunt for anything. Romance of the safari. Hunting old Simbo the lion. Kembo the elephant. All right, all right. Why do they stare so, Francis? Haven't they ever seen a woman before? You may be a little faded for New York. You'll get another offer to sign a complexion soap testimonial. Thank you, darling. There, we're clear. Hurry up now, boy. Yes, sir. Well, that's a breeze anyway. I wish I hadn't come. On the ride? To Africa. That would have been meat for the columnists. One of them had us on the verge just before we sailed. I didn't see it. He's had us heading for Reno three times before. He was right each time. You can't leave me, Margot. You've missed your chance. I've got too much money to let go, and you've faded just enough to take you off the market. You're sweet, dear. I try. And I shan't worry about you either, darling. 
you're not quite good enough with women to replace me. We're what they call a happily married couple. Oh, look, Margot, why don't we stop? Stop what? We agreed we'd forget about all that, didn't we? That's why we came, isn't it? I suppose so. All right, Francis. You can take up and begin again. You promised. I know, I know. I promised. I meant it. Oh, it's hot. Organizing a safari isn't quite in my line, Mr. Wilson. Uh, I'll leave everything to you. Right. Quite the usual thing. Then it's settled? It's settled. I'll supply the whole outfit, the cook, gun bearers, porters, and the rest, all for one price. Now, see here, uh, I'll be wanting the best, the complete hunter, you know. Pay anything to knock over a few good lions. I think you'll find my arrangements adequate. Well, if you'll be needing more money... What? The usual price. Just so I get my lions. When you go out with me, Mr. McCumber, I promise you. That shall be a matter solely between the lions and yourself. Well, good. Perfect. Uh, have you been a professional hunter all your life, Mr. Wilson? Most. Must be quite exciting. Do you like it? It pays. Enough? What's enough? Oh, you know, I mean, uh, well, does it give a man everything he needs? Food, whiskey. And if a man needs more to live by, it gives him that, too. I'm free. The mighty hunter, eh? Sufficient unto himself. I'd say you were rather to be envied, Mr. Wilson. Well, uh, if that's all, Mr. McComber... Another drink first. At least they're cold. Well, I, uh... Here, boy, three more. Do you enjoy hiring out as nursemaid to amateur big game hunters, Mr. Wilson? Here, Margot. I don't mind, Mrs. McComber. I've got certain ideas about what's sporting. You live up to them or you'll hire another hunter. Oh, like rules of the chase, fox hunting and all that. Eh, yeah, sort of. And I like the animals. I rather admire them. Ah, the drinks. Well, Wilson, to a successful hunt, eh? I'll drink to that. Oh, don't leave me out. Good hunting, eh? Just like Kipling. Well, as to the hunting. Good shot. Hit him fair in the chest. What are they? Elan, sort of antelope. It was a good shot, wasn't it? I mean, uh... Well, I'm surprised I hit him at all. Well, you shouldn't be. You've got a fine eye and a steady hand, Macumba. That's all that's wanted. Hi, Congoni! Get two of the boys over there and keep the birds off. Jump! See those birds there? They can strip a carcass before you can wing an eye. They seem to be there before I shot. How can they tell? I don't know, but they do. Oh, nothing to the ants, though. Leave a dead animal out here on these plains, and you'll have clean bones before the sun's down. I've seen it happen. Not a very cheerful thought, is it? Not a very cheerful country. Well, you're off back to camp, shall we? We're moving out tomorrow after lion. Boy spotted one somewhere about here. Lion? Yeah, we'll be starting early. You'd best get your sleep tonight. Listen. Uh, what? Oh, go to sleep, Francis. Sleep? Don't you hear it? I never dreamed they sounded like that. It's not a lion, not an animal. It's a force, Margot. That's something to destroy. Killing that isn't hunting. It's 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 more. It's Margot. What is it, Francis? That lion. Oh, magnificent, isn't it? No, go to sleep, Francis. Sleep. With that crashing in my ears? Hmm? Never mind, nothing. It's a hell of a thing to wake a man up with. Sounds like an old-timer. Listen to those grunts. He scared the devil out of me last night. Oh, it's a usual thing. Man's first contact with a beast like that is usually startling. Well, uh, we'll see how startling the king of the jungle looks through a pair of rifle sights. There's an old Somali proverb that says a brave man is frightened three times by a lion when he first sees his track, when he first hears him roar, and when he first confronts him. Well, I don't know about the brave man, but I was scared blue. Oh, 
They're probably more thrilled than frightened. Is he very close? He's close enough. He's probably a mile or so upstream. We'll see him, won't we? We'll uh, get a chance to have a shot at him. Well, we'll have a good look for him. More coffee? Sounded as if you were right in camp, doesn't it? Yes, I was wondering about that. I expected to see him wander through my tent flaps any minute. Roaring carries a long way. It's strange that way, you know. I hope he's a shootable cat. Shootable? <laughs> Got game laws. Size and age and all that sort of thing. Boy, sir, there's a very big one around here, though. If I uh, get a shot, uh, where would I hit him to stop him? Oh, in the shoulders. Uh, in the neck, if you can make it. Shoot for bone. Bone? Yeah. Break him down. I hope I can place it properly. You shoot very well, Macomba. Now, take your time. Make sure of him. It's the first one in that counts. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, what range will it be? Mm, you can't tell. The lion has something to say about that. Yeah, I suppose so. But don't shoot unless it's close enough so you can make sure. At uh, under a hundred yards? A hundred. About right. We might have to take him a bit under. You shouldn't chance a shot at much over there. I see. A uh, hundred yards. Yeah, it's a decent range. You can hit him wherever you want to. Good that morning, way. Miss. Oh, good morning, Mamsar. Good morning. Good morning, Francis. Morning. Are we going after that lion? As soon as you deal with your breakfast. How are you feeling? Marvelous. I'm very excited. Well, I better see that everything's ready. He's a noisy beggar. We'll put a stop to him. What's the matter, Francis? Nothing. Nothing's the matter. Yes, there is. What are you upset about? Nothing. Not feeling well? Oh, it's that blasted roaring. It's been going on all night. Oh, that. Didn't you hear it? I heard you, like a little boy in the dark. I've got to kill that blasted thing. Well, that's what we're out here for, isn't it? Yes, yes, but I'm nervous. Hearing that thing roar gets on my nerves. Well, then, as Wilson said, kill him and stop his roaring. Yes, darling. Sounds easy, doesn't it? You're not afraid, are you? Oh, of course not, but I'm oh, I'm nervous. You'll kill him marvelously. I know you will. I'm anxious to see it. Finish your breakfast and we'll be starting. I hate that blasted noise. It's very impressive. Impressive? It's awful. Well... Come on now, we're all ready. Your gun bearer has your Springfield and the big gun. Oh, now? Yeah, everything's in the car. Got your solid bullets handy? Yes. Well, I'm all ready. Just make him stop that racket. Oh, ma'am, you get in front and, uh, uh, I mean, right back with me. Swooping down. It means the old boy's left his kill. Uh, chances are he's come to drink along here. Now keep an eye out. In the uh, shoulder, huh? The, the neck or the shoulder, driver? Stop. What's wrong? There he is. Look, look. Head into the right. Oh, he's a marvelous lad. Get out and take him. How far is he? About 75 yards. Get out of the car. Well, why not shoot from where I am? Don't shoot him from cars. Get out. He's not going to stay all day. Go on. Go ahead. I see. Oh, blast it. The safety's still on. Careful. Careful now. Steady now. All right. You got him low. Again. Again. Miss. Kicked up the dirt. Hurry up, man. He's heading for cover. Ah, got him. He's gone into the grass. Congoli, Abdullah, could you have I hit him. I hit him twice. You've got shot him. Hit him somewhere forward. You may have killed him. We have to wait a while before we go into the high grass to find out. What do you mean? Let him get sick before we follow him up. Oh, oh, he's a bloody fine lad. Not in a bad place, huh? Why is it bad? Well, there's high grass there. You can't see him until you're on him. Oh. Well, what's up now? Come on. Oh, Mem Saab can stay here in the car. We'll go to have a look at that blood spot. Um, stay here, Margot. Why? Wilson says to. You'd better stay in the car. You can see even better from here. Well, Macomber, shall we go? <laughs> do. Not much choice. Can't bring the car over. We let him stiffen up a bit, and then you and I'll go in and have a look at him. Oh, well, uh, can't, uh, can't we set the grass on fire? Too green. Can't we send beaters? Of course we can, but it's just a bit murderous. You see, we know the lion's wounded. Well, why not beaters? You can drive an unwounded lion, man, and he'll move on ahead of a noise, but a wounded lion's going to charge. Oh, 
can't see him if you're right on him. You make him so perfectly flat in cover, you wouldn't think would hide a rabbit. Can't very well send boys into that sort of a show. Somebody's bound to get mauled. Oh, what about the gun bears? Huh. They'll go with us. It's their job. <laughs> don't look too happy, though, do they? I, uh, I, I, I don't want to go in there. <laughs> Neither do I. Really no choice. I, I... You, you, you don't have to go in. That's what I am hired for, you know. That's why I'm so expensive. You mean you'd go in by yourself? Why not leave him there? What do you mean? Just leave him. You mean pretend he hasn't been hit? No, no, just drop it. And done. Why not? Well, for one thing, he's certain to be suffering, and for another, someone else might run onto him. I see. But you don't have to have anything to do with it. Well, I'd... I'd like to. I'm... I'm just scared, you know. Well, I'll go ahead when we go in with Congo and here tracking. You keep behind me, and just a little to one side. Right. Behind and to one side. Chances are we'll hear him growl. If we see him, we both shoot. I see. I'm a combo. Don't worry about anything. I'll keep you backed up. Well... As a matter of fact, perhaps you'd better not go. Yes, might be much better. Look, why don't you go over and join the Memsob while I get it over with? No, no, I I want to go. All right. But don't go in if you don't want to. It's my job, you know. I want to go. All right. Come on. Behind me and about five yards to the right. Hmm? Angani? Dio buona. Um, uh, wait a minute. I uh, want to drink of water. All right. All right. Let's go. It's hard to say. Well, there's more to hunting than just killing. I mean that lion standing there across the stream. There wasn't any smell blood to him. So there he just stood there moving his head from side to side. And then the slam of the 30 or 6 solid bullet hits him and rips across his stomach in sudden, hot, scalding nausea. And then off he goes, wounded into the high grass. And there he lies, flat on the ground, his ears back, and the only movement, the twitching of the black tip of his tail. He's sick, and his big yellow eyes look straight ahead, narrowed with hate, sickness, and pain when he breathes. And all of him, hate, sickness, and his remaining strength tightening into concentration for a rush. Careful. Careful, careful now. Blood now, Buana. This way. Safety off, Macamba. Watch that grass. Here he comes. Ah! Macamba, shoot! Shoot, man! Where they? Oh. <laughs> Big one, I run away, huh? He ran away fast. Shut up! And the old one, Get the boys and start skinning, will you? And the old one, but Big one, he did run. He run like book. <laughs> well, that'll be enough, you hear? I'll lay you out alongside the line, you understand? And the old one, I understand. I understand, one. Wilson. Wilson, is he. Is, is he dead? Yes, he's dead. Oh. What happened? Shot through the head, that stopped him. You shot him, didn't you? Evidently. I I don't I don't know what happened to me. One second I was facing him, the next I I wasn't there anymore. You want to take pictures? Pictures? It's the usual thing. No, 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 no pictures. This hasn't been quite the usual thing. It's a bloody fine line. The boys will skin him out. We might as well get back to the car. I, I suppose so. Wilson. Well, Nothing, nothing. Let's get back. You were right, Mr. Wilson. I could see much better from where I was. Much better. I could see everything perfectly clearly. Crystal clear. Uh, That's fine, Mrs. McConnell. Was it a very old lion, Mr. Wilson? About prime. Did you hear that, Francis? You've got a prime lion. All right, Margot, all right. What are we waiting for, Wilson? The skin. 
boys are skinning you down. Oh. We can't go without your lion skin, Francis, can we? Mr. Wilson wouldn't think it proper. Mr. Robert Wilson, a beautiful red face. Mr. Robert Wilson. I say, uh... Mr. Wilson, I think I shall celebrate Francis's lion by kissing you. Marjo. There. The hunter saluted in the primitive style. I think the boys have taken the skin off. They're bringing it over. Yes, he was a fine lion. A bloody fine lion. hardest in the world, the American women. The hardest, the cruelest, the most predatory, and the most attractive. And their men have softened or gone to pieces nervously as they have hardened. Or perhaps they only pick men they can handle. Well, I don't suppose they know that much. They marry so young. Hmm. I've run across them before. They're the most devilish women. <laughs> devilish. Got lunch almost ready. Should we go over? Right. Something to drink first, a uh, lime juice and something. Oh, a drink? I'll have one too. I need something. Unanimity at last. Have the mess boy make them up, will you, Wilson? You started already. I uh, suppose it's about time to tip the men, huh? Uh, it's customary. What Not do I line, you know? What do I give them? Uh, chances are I'll make it too much or too little. It'd be trouble both ways, I expect. Yes, it would. Well, oh, a quid would be plenty. You don't want to spot them. Will the uh, head man distribute it? Absolutely. He's the foreman, you know. Drink one now. Hmm, they're cold, aren't they? Well, you've got your lion and a fine one, too. He uh, is a good lion, isn't he? A fine lion. You had quite a celebration on the way in. I mean, being carried about on the cook's and porter's shoulders. Did you feel heroic, Francis? It's a usual custom when you bag a lion. You can't help it, you know. They just will celebrate. An excellent idea. We must all celebrate. Well, here's to the lion. Here's to the lion. You know, Wilson, I... I can't ever thank you for what you did. Let's not talk about the lion. It's been a very strange day. I suppose so. Hadn't you ought to put your hat on even under the canvas at noon, Mr. Wilson? You told me that, you know. I might put it on. You know... You have a very red face, Mr. Wilson. Drink. I don't think so. Francis drinks a great deal, but his face is never red. Well, it's uh, red today. No, it's mine that's red today. But Mr. Wilson's is always red. I say, you wouldn't like to drop my beauty as a topic, would you? I've just started on it. Oh, let's chuck it, shall we? Conversation's going to be so difficult. The lion will come up, you know. Don't be silly, Margot. No difficulty. Not a... Fine lion. That lion. That lion. Margot. I, I wish it hadn't happened. I wish it hadn't happened. Women upset. Monster. I don't know. Oh, strain on the nerves, one thing or another, you know. No, I suppose that I rate that for the rest of my life. Oh, nonsense. Let's fill him up again. Forget the whole thing. There's nothing to it anyway. We might try. Dargani. I, uh... I won't forget what you did for me, though. Nothing all nonsense. Congoni! Give me more drinks and stronger. Strong. Very strong drink for big buona. Be off now. Jump while I wave in the What were you telling him? Nothing. Told him to look alive or I'd see he got about 15 of the best. What's that? Lashes? Yeah, it's quite illegal. You're supposed to find them. You still have them whipped? Yeah. They could raise a row if they chose to complain. They don't. No, they prefer to find. How strange. Oh, it's not strange, really. No? Well, which would you rather do? Take a good birching or lose your pay? I mean, uh, well, we all take a beating every day, you know, one way or the other. Uh, how much of a diplomat am I? Yes, we take a beating. Drink one up. I, uh, I'm awfully sorry about that lion business. Nothing. I... Forget it. It uh, doesn't have to go any further, does it? I mean, uh, uh, no one will hear about it now, will they? Uh, you mean 
Will I tell it at the Mafega Club? You are American, aren't you? I'm sorry. I... No. I'm a professional hunter. We never talk about our clients. You can be quite easy about that. Oh, it's supposed to be bad form to ask us not to talk, though. Can't get along together very well after this, I'm afraid. Might even be best if we... Look, uh... look, look. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that. There, there are lots of things I don't know. Now, don't worry about me talking. I have a living to make. I am sorry. You know, in Africa, no woman ever misses a lion and no white man ever bolts. That's rather brutal of you, isn't it? Well, that's the way things are here. I bolted like a rabbit. Rather an odd person, Macomber. I've been rather beastly. You know, it's I that should apologize. Maybe I can fix it up on Buffalo. <laughs> you know, make a better showing. Um, we are after Buffalo next, aren't we? In the morning, if you like. That's the stuff. It was pretty bad this morning, wasn't it? <laughs> Anyone might do it. I wouldn't take it so hard, you know. Well, I suppose it's time for lunch. Shall I call Mem Sard? I suppose so. Maybe she won't want any lunch. She's all upset. She'll be all right. Margot always recovers. If you say so. Uh, Wilson. Hmm? Um, I can make it up on the buffalo. Now, can I? This morning, I mean, I... I well, <laughs> never mind. Uh, come on, let's have lunch. <laughs> From Hollywood, the NBC University Theater is presenting Preston Foster in our adaptation of the Ernest Hemingway story, The Short Happy Life of Francis McComber, the ninth in this series of dramatizations of outstanding works by modern British and American authors. Information on how to obtain free materials on the authors and books presented in this series will be given at the close of the program. Our intermission commentator today is the distinguished author and lecturer, Dr. Harvey C. Webster of the University of Louisville, where these productions are currently being used in conjunction with his course on Anglo-American fiction. We present Dr. Webster speaking to you from Louisville. As you will see before you have finished listening to Francis McComber's short and happy life, as perhaps you have seen already... As you will see with increasing clarity if you read the work of Ernest Hemingway, death, the expense of life, is also the source of life's values. Is there any point to living well today when you can put off living well for an endless succession of tomorrows? Can you live any today well if you do not face the fact that death might be necessary tomorrow? Perhaps these are perpetual questions. Certainly these are questions that we, the insecure survivors of two wars, at least dimly ask. Certainly these are questions that Ernest Hemingway continues to ask and to answer. Throughout his life, Hemingway has pursued death. He met it first, one guesses, from one of his short stories, in an Indian camp at the side of his doctor father. He met it often during the First World War and began then to see death as the central fact in our time, if not in any time. Even in the interval between wars some have called peace, Hemingway continued his pursuit of death. Death in the afternoon, in the bullfights in Spain. Death on the green hills of Africa. Death in Spain during the Civil War, when the bell tolled for us and we did not hear it. Death all over Europe during the Second World War, we hope is over. It is in all of his books. All his men and women fear and pursue and are pursued and the best of them become brave. Jake and Brett, Henry and Catherine, Nick, Harry Morgan, Jordan and Maria, Anselmo and Pilar. All of their lives are defined by their relation to death. The source of Hemingway's great art is an obsession with fear and with bravery. Morbid, you say? If it is, Hemingway did not invent either death or its pursuit, nor can you wish it out of existence by not reading his books. And death is the source of life's values, Hemingway also shows you. Has any writer in our times pursued life with more intensity? Remember the fishing and the wine in The Sun Also Rises, the love in Farewell to Arms, 
and in to have and have not. The great joy of simply fishing in big two-hearted river. The short happy passion of Jordan and Maria in For Whom the Bell Tolls. The life in Hemingway's books is tragic and beautiful, vivid and brief, there and soon not to be there. Look into your own life and, if you can, into the life of others. Is it not so? Thank you, Dr. Webster. Our dramatization continues from Hollywood after a brief pause for station identification. like Macomba until today, but how is one to know about an American? I tried to make a break so I could eat by myself. Be a bloody sight easier than having to go through all this emotional trash. So far he'd gone to pot all right. I tried to insult him and make a good clean break, and I could read a book of my meals and stick it out on a strictly formal basis and still be drinking their whiskey. I tried to insult him and make a clean break, and the beggar just apologized. Ah, can't tell about Americans. Can't tell at all. Well, here comes Memsab. And how is the beautiful, red-faced Mr. Wilson? And are you feeling better, Francis, my pearl? Much. I've dropped the whole thing. I shan't think about it. That's fine. I say, uh, shall we sit down? The boy has lunch on. After all, what importance is there to whether Francis is any good killing lions? Please, Margot. That's not his trade. That's Mr. Wilson's trade. Mr. Wilson is really very impressive killing anything. Uh, you do kill anything, don't you? Oh, absolutely anything. <laughs> Matter of fact, we're going after Buff in the morning. I'm coming. No, you're not. Oh, yes, I am. Mayn't I, Francis? Why not stay in camp? Not for anything. I wouldn't miss something like today for anything. We'll put on another show for you tomorrow. You're not coming. You're very mistaken. And I want so to see you perform again. You were lovely this morning. That is, if blowing off things' heads is lovely. Eat your lunch, Margot. You're very merry, aren't you? Why not? I didn't come out here to be dull. Well, it... uh... It hasn't been dull. Oh, no, it's been charming. All right, Margaret. And tomorrow, you don't know how I look forward to tomorrow. Have some more of the meat, ma'am. Uh, it uh, isn't part of the lion. No, you don't eat lion. That's eland. Oh. Oh, they're the big cowy things that jump like rabbits, aren't they? I suppose that describes them. It's very good meat. Did you shoot it, Francis? Yes. They're not dangerous, are they? Only if they fall on you. I'm so glad. Why not dismount from your broomstick, Margot? Haven't we had a little too much haggery? I suppose so, since you put it so prettily. Um, tonight we'll have champagne for the lion. Oh, the lion. I'd forgotten the lion. Uh, champagne, that's a great idea. Why not have it now? It'd give a lift to the whole day. Uh, oh, it's a bit too hot at noon. No, we can use a little gaiety. Uh, let's drink warm champagne in the light of the noonday sun. I think we'd better save it. I think Mr. Wilson is right, Francis. You must be finding it awfully warm. Aren't you, dear? women, rarely the oddest. When she went off to cry, she seemed a devilish fine woman. She seemed to understand, to realize, and to be hurt for him. Now, here she is, 20 minutes later, enameled in that American female cruelty. She is giving him a ride. Wait a minute, I don't know. You suppose that's her idea of putting up a good show? Well, how should a woman act when she discovers her husband's a bloody coward? She's cruel. Ah, but they're all cruel. They govern, of course, and to govern, one has to be cruel sometimes. Still, I've seen enough of blasted terrorism. Well, that's the end of the champagne. It was quite flat. 
quite an appropriate ending to the day. Hardships of a hunter. Funny it only tastes good out here after dark. Cooler. Well, I'm going to bed. You must be tired. Yes. The excitement has me exhausted. Coming, Francis? Just a moment. Don't stay long. You couldn't sleep last night, you know. The roaring kept you awake. You think we'll find Buffalo tomorrow? A good chance of it. That's fine. They feed out early in the morning, and with luck, we can catch them in the open. We've got to be careful, though. They're not like your American buffalo. They're fast and they're nasty, with horns 50 inches wide. And they like to use them. They are dangerous, then. Very. I, uh, I'd like to clear away that line business. It's not very pleasant to have your wife see you do something like that. Oh, I wouldn't think about that anymore. There's, there's no need to talk of it, you know. Anyone could be upset by his first line. It's all over. I want to clear it away, though. Uh, you're sure we'll find Buffalo? Oh, we're pretty sure. There's a herd about here somewhere, and there's one old bull in particular with an excellent head. Head? That's right. Look fine on a wall. You always look fine on a wall. Well, good night. Good night. What were you talking about, Francis? Buffalo. Oh. We're going after them in the morning. Well, turn the lantern down, will you? I think there's a hole in the mosquito netting somewhere. Just a minute. What are you doing? Are those my sleeping tablets? I'm borrowing a few. Why? You're very considerate. I asked your question. You needn't worry. It wasn't an overdose. <laughs> Just enough to sleep on. Just enough to sleep on. You've never used them before. Oh, it's those blasted noises, hyenas or jackals or whatever the devil they are. Don't be afraid of noises, Francis. There are so many other things to be afraid of. Leave me alone, Margot. Leave you to listen to the animals? Yes. To hear them roar in the night? All right, all right. You'll be lying there tossing, hearing the roaring. No, I won't. That's enough, Margot. I'm going to sleep now. Leave me alone. Up late, Mr. Wilson? Oh, uh, oh uh, smoking. Uh, what brings you again? You haven't a red face at night, Mr. Wilson. It's blue, a little green, and black. The moonlight's funny up here. It is. How many hunting trips have you been on? Mm, I can't remember. Loads. Always the sporty set? The international tennis players, the polo men, boat racers, off for a chain. Yeah, most always. They pay best. And the women? Not bad. Rotten bringing up, most of them. You're not tolerant, are you? You're not soft and flexible and tolerant, are you? I expect not. Well, neither am I. If I were, I wouldn't be out here to have a drink with you. <laughs> <laughs> the beautiful... Red face, Mr. Robert Wilson. Margot, where have you been? Hello. Are you awake? Where have you been? I just went out to get a breath of air. Oh, the devil you did. What do you want me to say, darling? Where have you been? Out to get a breath of air. Oh, that's a new name for it. Oh, you are a hag. Well, you're a coward. All right, what of it? Nothing, as far as I'm concerned. But please, let's not talk, darling, because I'm very sleepy. You think I'll take that, but, but I'll take anything. I know you will, sweet. Well, I won't. Please, darling, let's not talk. I'm so very sleepy. There wasn't going to be any more of that. You promised there wouldn't be any more of your high-powered man fishing. Well, there is, no. You said if we made this trip, there wouldn't be. You promised. Yes, darling. That's the way I meant it to be. Well? Well, the trip was spoiled yesterday. We don't have to talk about that beastly lion anymore, do we? You don't wait long when you have an advantage, Please, do you? Please, let's not talk. I'm so sleepy, darling. I'm going to talk. Well, don't mind me, then, because I'm going to sleep. <laughs> Hey, 
Topping. <laughs> Sleep well? Did you? Topping. I suppose breakfast isn't ready. Right on the table. Good morning, Mr. Wilson. Oh, uh, ma'am. Do you think we'll find buffalo? There's a chance of it. Why didn't you stay in camp? They're dangerous chaps, these buffs. They're worse than lions, some people say. Give it a go by. Hmm? Not for anything. Why not order her to stay in camp, Macomber? You order her. Oh, let's not have any ordering, Mr. Wilson. Nor any silliness, Francis. Pleasant tempered this morning, eh, Margot? It's a refreshing change. Uh, I've had the boys out scouting for buff. They've spotted some not far off. You ready to start? Any time. Want the men sob to go? Does it make any difference whether I do or not? Why ask me? I'd just like to know what you think. No. Makes no difference. You sure you wouldn't like to stay in camp with her yourself and let me go out and hunt the buffalo? probably find me useful out there. I wouldn't talk rot if I were you. Rot, is it? Jealous husband doesn't fit very well in the jungle, does he? Just what are you getting at? Ask my wife. Look, we're going to go on with this shoot. We'll have to stop this nonsense, you know. This isn't nonsense. I'm disgusted. Bad word, disgusted. Francis, will you please try to speak sensibly? What makes sense to me seems to be so much gibberish to you. I speak too blasted sensibly. This food isn't fit for swine. Something wrong with the food? No more than with everything else. I'd pull yourself together, laddie buck. The boy at that table understands a lot more English than he shows. Oh, the devil with him. Well, I suppose that's the way it is. I'd better see about the car. Excuse me, Mimsa. Hi there, Congoni. Zola, look alive. Lady Motocari, Bunuki. Francis, darling, if you make a scene, I'll leave you. No, you won't. You can try it and see. You won't leave me. No, I won't leave you, and you'll behave yourself. Behave myself. That's a way to talk. Behave myself. Yes, behave yourself. Why don't you try behaving? I've tried to so long, so very long. I hate that red-faced swine. I loathe the sight of him. I've hated a great many men since I married you, Margot. When I hate Wilson the most of all, a red-faced pig. He's really very nice. Shut up. Well, car's ready. Going shooting? Yes. Yes. Better bring a jacket, then. It'll be cool in the car. I'll get my leather one. Well, the boy has it already. Will we be off? So that's the way it's going to be. Why doesn't he keep his wife where she belongs, then? What does he think I am? A plaster saint? Probably doesn't take a notion to blow the back of my head off in the car, though. Fine morning. Dew smells like Bobina, like a park in England. Hope we get those buff in the open. Don't want to get into thick cover with him again. Buff too blasted nasty, anyway. Well, I'm a professional hunter. I suppose I'll have to. I won't bother with a woman again. Then maybe things will pick up. Poor beggar. He must have gone through plenty of that before, by the look of it. <laughs> Poor devil. Driver, look out for those warthog holes. When do we get there, Mr. Wilson? We'll be there. We'll rise in a minute. Here we go. Give me the field glasses, will you? Yeah. By heaven, there they are. Buffalo? There, over by the anthill. There they go. It's too far for a shot, isn't it? We'll have to head them off from that swamp. Idris, when the pacey started. You one up. Hold on tight. We're bouncing in and out of warthogs the whole way over. How many are there? Three. Three, three big bulls. If we can cut them off, we'll have a chance with a lot of them. They look big, don't, don't they? <laughs> they are big. Look at those horns. Oh, they're ugly. Look out for that anthill. Take the big one first. Well, there isn't any neck. I... I mean, it's, it's all shoulders, isn't it? Draw alongside. That's the way. Oh, ought to be an easy shot. An easy shot. Not from the car, you fool. In Golda. Jump out, man. Now, now. Give it to him. Now. Hit again. He's down. Get the other one. He's running fast. Where? To the right. I got him. Miss. Lower, man. Lower. I'm blasted. I'll get one. There he goes. How about the third? Too far. Come on. We have to chase him. Gwenda, Gwenda, Pacey's on him. Jump to the running board. 
We'll catch him. Reloaded. All set. No, 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 it's jammed. We're catching him now. Look at the bigger go. Jam's clear. All right. This is close enough. Stop. Get a good shot now. You hit him. Again. He won't go down. I'll take a crack. That's it. Nice work. That's the three. How many times did you shoot? <sighs> Only three. You killed the first bull, the big one. And I helped you finish the other two. I'm afraid they might have gotten into cover. Well, that was good shooting, wasn't it? First rate. You had him killed. I was just mopping up a little. You shot bloody well. <sighs> Let's go back to the car. I want a drink. You ought to finish off this buff first. He's still moving. Yeah. Come on. An ugly beast, isn't he? Yeah. Watch he doesn't get up. I get a little broadside. Take him in the neck. Just behind the ear. Just behind the ear, huh? All right. Now. That does it. Got the spine. Hey. Devilish-looking animal, aren't they? <sighs> Let's get that drink now. Now we can celebrate, really celebrate. You know, Wilson, I feel good. I never felt this good in my whole life. Like strong wine, eh? Yes, like wine and sunlight and mountains and everything strong. Wilson, you don't know what this means to me. For a while, I was wounded. A, a part of me was carried off. Now I'm whole again, and I feel wonderful. Come on, let's go. Let's get that drink. You were marvelous, darling. What a ride. Was it rough? It was frightful. I've never been more frightened in my life. Let's all have a drink. Uh, by all means. The cap's stuck. There. Here, Margo. <clears throat> Mr. Wilson. Thank you. It was frightfully exciting. It's given me a dreadful headache. Ooh. That's good whiskey. Fast, McComber. Thanks. I didn't know you were allowed to shoot animals from cars. No one shot them from cars. I mean, chased them from cars. Well, we wouldn't ordinarily, but it seemed sporting enough to me while we were doing it. Sporting? Well, it took more chance driving that way across a plane full of holes and one thing and another than hunting them on foot. Buffalo could have charged us each time we shot, if he liked. Well, it gave him every chance. I, uh... I wouldn't mention it to anybody, though. Bad form. It's illegal, if that's what you mean. It seemed very unfair to me, chasing those big helpless things in a motor car. Did it? What would happen if they heard about it in uh, Nairobi? I'd lose my license for one thing, another unpleasantness. I'd be out of business. Really? Yes, really. <laughs> well, now she has something on you. You have such a pretty way of putting things, Francis. Lost a gun bearer, did you notice? No. How'd it happen? Oh, Congoni. He must have fallen off when we left the first bull. Oh. Here he comes now. Looks dejected, doesn't he? Wanna! 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 Uh, the buff go to bush! Up and go to bush! What's that? What does he mean? Says the first bull got up and went into the bush. Oh. How exciting. Then it's going to be just like the lion. It's not going to be a bloody bit like the lion. Want another drink, McComber? Thanks, yes. Um, no. No, I, I I don't think I need one. Well, uh, we go back and have a look at the second bull. Driver! Get the car in the shade over there. What are you going to do now? Take a look at the second buffalo. I'll come. You got him clean. Takes a good shot to knock one down. It didn't seem fair. About the car, I mean. There he is over there. Very good head. He's close to a 50-inch spread. He's hateful looking. Can't we go into the shade? Of course, sir. Here, bring the car over, Congoni. He sees you. Can't we go in the shade? Well, we'll wait for the car, then we'll ride back. You see that patch of bush over there? Yes. Well, that's where the first bull went in. Gunbearer said the bull was down when he fell off. I suppose he just waited and then dragged himself into the bush. Well, he's in there now? Just like the lion? Just like the lion. Can we go in after him now? Want to go in now? Yes. No. we better give him a while. Please, let's please go in the shade. Well, here's the car. We can go over to that tree by the bush. Ma'am, ma'am? All right. Over there, driver. Chances are that the buff's dead in there. Oh? After a while, we'll have a look. By heaven, that was a chase. I've never felt any such feeling. You know, when the boy came up about the buffalo in the bush, I, 
I expected to feel like I did about the lion. But I didn't. It just didn't come. Wasn't it marvelous, Margot? I hated it. Why? I hated it. I, I loathed it. You know, Wilson, I don't think I'd ever be afraid of anything again. No? Something happened in me after we first saw the buffalo and started after him. It was like a dam bursting. It was pure excitement. Cleans out your liver. Well, funny things happen to people. You know, something did happen to me. I feel absolutely different. I know. You know, I'd like to try another lion. I'm really not afraid of them now. After all, what can they do to you? That's it. Worst they can do is kill you. How does it go? Shakespeare, I mean. Some very good lines. I used to quote them to myself at one time to see if I can remember them. Oh, yeah. By my troth, I care not. A man can die but once. We owe God a death and let it go which way it will. He that dies this year is quick for the next. <laughs> good stuff, huh? Do you feel that way? Do you have that sort of happiness about what's going to happen? You're not supposed to mention it. It's much more fashionable to say you're scared. Mind you... You'll be scared too, plenty of times. But you have a feeling of happiness about action to come. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's that. It doesn't do to talk too much about all this, you know. Talk the whole thing away. No pleasure in anything if you mouth it up too you're much. You're both talking rot. Just because you've chased some helpless animals in a motor car, you talk like heroes. It's disgusting. Infantile and disgusting. Sorry. I've been gassing too much. If you don't know what we're talking about, why not keep out of it, Margot? You've gotten awfully brave, awfully suddenly. <laughs> you know I have. I really have. Isn't it sort of late? Not for me. I've seen men come of age before. And it's always something amazing. Took a sudden jump into action without time to worry about it beforehand to bring it about with Macomber. <laughs> Look at the beggar now. Some of them stay little boys all their lives. Boys at 50. Strange. The great American boy men. Macomber's all right now, though. He's a fire eater now. I saw it the same way in the war. And the woman knows it, too. No bloody fear. Yeah, she knows it. There's no change in me. But there is in him, and she knows it. You think we might go in after the buffalo now? Yes, we might have a look. You might as well shoot with the Springfield. You're used to it. We leave the Manlika and the calf with Memsab. I'll take my big cannon. Fine. Now, when that buff comes, he'll come with his head high, so that the base of his horns covers any kind of a brain shot. Only shot is straight through the nose. After they've been hit once, they take the devil of a lot of killing. I see. Now, don't try anything fancy. Take the easiest shot there is. The nose or wham into the chest. All right. We've only got Kingoni. The others are keeping the birds off the dead bulls. Oh, well, here's the gun, Memsar. Hold on, with oh, Francis. Let's I... go, shall we? Uh, let's. Yes. Now oh, here's where he went in. You can see the blood spots, eh? Careful now. Safety off. Be right back, Margot. Come on, Bongoni. Dio buena. Don't care anything. Can't be far, can he? There, buena. There, on ground. Right. Dead. Oh, yes, yes. Look, he's dead. Good work, Macomba. Uh, it's been a fine day, eh, Wilson? Look out, look out, he's up, he's coming. I've got him. Lower, lower. Now I'll try. Lower, you're taking off horn. Again. I'll try for the shoulder. Get the nose. I'll get it, I'm fine. I'm not afraid now. I'm not afraid. That got him. That finished the beggar. Macomba. Macomba. I ducked to one side for a shoulder shot. Macomber stood solid and shot for the nose. And Mrs. Macomber and the card shot at the buffalo with a 6'5 manlicker. As it seemed about to gore Macomber. 
and had hit her husband about two inches up and a little to one side of the base of his skull. Turn him over if I were you. I'd get back in the car. Here's a rifle. I got gone, Buana. Put it down, Congoni. And go and get Abdullah so he can witness the manner of the accident. Dio, Buana. I suppose I ought to cover him up. A handkerchief will do. Well, bloody fine buffalo. He got it too. He plugged it clean. Yes, he's a fine bull. Good 50 inches or spread or better. Yes, better. Come on. Come on back to the car. You're lucky. He'd have left you. Stop it. He turned into a man, you know. Yeah, I guess you did know. Stop it. I, I shot at the buffalo. Oh, of course. It's an accident. I know that. Stop it, will you? Now, don't worry. There'll be a certain amount of unpleasantness. I'll have some photographs taken now that will be very useful at the inquest. There's the testimony of the gun bearers and the driver, too. You'll be perfectly all right. Stop it! There's a devil of a lot to be done. I'll have to send a truck off to the lake to Wireless for a plane to take the three of us into my road. Stop it! All right, I'm through now. I was a little angry. You see... I'd begun to like your husband. Oh, please stop it. Please, please, please stop it. That's better. Please is much better. Now I'll stop. The curtain falls on the Ernest Hemingway work, The Short Happy Life of Francis McComber, the ninth in our series of dramatizations of outstanding works in modern Anglo-American fiction. The adaptation was written by Ernest Kenoy, and our star was Preston Foster, who will soon be seen starring in the Eagle Lion production, The Big Cat. Our intermission commentator was Dr. Harvey C. Webster of the University of Louisville. Included in the cast were Ramsey Hill as Wilson, Sarah Jane Wells as Margot, John Milton Kennedy as narrator, and Rolf Sedan and Earl Keane. Next week at this time, the NBC University Theater turns to the work of a distinguished British author, E.M. Forster, as we present a radio play based on his famous novel, A Passage to India. Productions of the NBC University Theater are currently being used in conjunction with college home study courses in Anglo-American fiction under NBC's National College by Radio Plan. This plan permits NBC listeners to obtain college-supervised, organized education at home by means of radio listening and supplementary study. For full information about the authors and how to take advantage of this home study plan, which is currently being developed at the University of Louisville and elsewhere, send a penny postcard to College by Radio Courses, National Broadcasting Company, New York 20, New York. That's College by Radio Courses, National Broadcasting Company, New York 20, New York. Our production was directed by Andrew C. Love. Original music for The Short Happy Life of Francis McComber was composed by Albert Harris and directed by Henry Russell.
This program came to you from Hollywood.